Are you ready to get fiction done? Hello, everyone, and welcome to Okashina Pod Quest Journey of Friends, the Battle of Paranoia Agent. I am Safarina Deathray, the wicked and beautiful sorceress, and with me, as always, is my faithful minion, Drog Mudslide. I, I gotta ask, if you had to, to uh, locate that accent in some part of the world, where do you think it originated from? I have no idea. <laughs> But I've been watching a lot of uh, Disenchanted, and I probably sound somewhat like um, Bean's mother Dagmar, because I've just been obsessed with the accent. Uh, We have quite an epic- I can't even do it again. Please don't. (laughs) We have quite an epic tale of noble warriors and sexy fairy queens for you today. But first, Drog, what have you been up to? Um, I went for another hike to see trolls. I saw a 60-foot troll um, on Sunday. Uh, That was quite entertaining. That's very fantasy-oriented. Are you sure it wasn't uh, Goma in disguise? Uh, It did not move, and it did not have a threatening red aura. Um, Did you try hitting it with a golden baseball bat? I didn't have one on me, uh, so no. I have to say that I, I should find a picture of this uh, this particular troll and send it to you. It, it was a f- uh, like a little unsettling, I would say. Um, That's the, cool. So it was like carved out of wood. Oh yeah, it's um, okay. I found the picture. I'll send it to you for the benefit of our listeners. Um, I'm sending Bree a picture of this troll head uh, with its mouth open. Wow, it's laying down. I wasn't expecting that. I thought it'd be like standing up. Well, sixty feet long. This one's laying down. There's there's some other ones that are vertical. This this is a an exhibit at a local arboretum. They had eight or nine of these trolls scattered throughout the the properties. That's so we, like an Attack on Titan looking. Oh yeah, fucker, right it's there. Absolutely terrifying, honestly. Um, but thankfully, it didn't move around, so that made it cool. Yeah. Well, I have not been watching any trolls, but I have been watching fairies on uh, Netflix. I've been watching Fate the Winx Saga, which is an eight, a six episode uh, short live action adaptation of the Italian, like, sort of magical girl knockoff show that you, my daughter was there's a lot of words briefly obsessed there. with. There's a lot of words in there. One of them that, uh, that struck me was live action. It is live action, so they gritted it up. It's um, one of the producers is from is is one of the guys behind the Vampire Diaries. If you don't know what the Vampire Diaries was, it it was a young adult TV series based on a young adult novel series that was made basically because they were trying to take advantage of the whole like vampire craze. And their their hook was that like two brothers love the same woman, uh, and they're vampires, and he looks and she looks like their dead girlfriend. Um, if you really want to know more about it, watch Jenny Nicholson's like one hour, two hour oh, magnum opus, which just delves into everything that's wrong with it. And it's so good. 
And it still also somehow lovingly packages the show in kind of a nostalgia, and uh, it's it's just a thing of beauty. I'd rather watch him. I'd rather watch her videos than like a movie at this point. <laughs> She's so good. She doesn't make videos very often, though. Um. Uh, Lots of those YouTubers don't make videos very often. It's really strange. As soon as they got money in their pockets, it's like the quality of the videos went up like slightly, but the volume of the videos went down extremely. Unless you count their like Patreon exclusive type stuff, which I really don't because it's it's um fairly low effort. Like I can't weigh in on this because I literally don't Jenny Nicholson or Philosophy Tube or I don't watch anybody. Bomber is a really great example. I hang out on BreadTube sometimes. <laughs> okay. That's what it's called. I, well, the reason I the reason I say that is because, um, you know, I, what we what we watch here is not generally produced on YouTube. It's you know it's produced through other avenues, and I would certainly be happy to watch something that was, you know, that sort of exclusive. But when I think of YouTube and the kind of material that you're producing, it, I don't think of a lot about it being like the sort of um, original content I think about like the Logan Paul is that the right one um, um, yes Logan Paul and his brother Aaron Paul is that I, right I, again <laughs> I only Paul. know that they are famous and rich but I don't know that I um, I believe they came from the world of YouTube specifically uh, there's other ones that came from TikTok or Vine um, I don't know you know it's just I you watch some stuff there and there's there's popular content creators and the more popular they get the less they seem to actually create which is a nice gig if you can get it I guess yeah I mean once you make your first Lindsay couple Ellis mil you may be like another why one. should I why mess with a good thing anyway I watched the, the I watched Fate the Winx Club the Winx Saga which is a gritty reboot <laughs> a retelling of the of the story of the Winx which I, I don't know if you've ever seen it but it's very candy colored very girl friends girl power fairies at a magical fairy school kind of like Harry Potter they've got the one like the fairy that comes from the human world that uh, that doesn't understand the she's sort of your uh, ambassador, your conduit into this, your, you know, like she's the she's the one that doesn't know anything about fairies. So uh, everyone says exposition to her, and she she sort of is the audience surrogate for this world. And um, you know, they 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 cast this one very realistically. There's no technological techno technology fairy called Techna. Uh, they turned Flora, the like Earth fairy, into Terra, the Earth fairy. I don't know. It's funny. Um, they made her body positively, like, l- like not uh, not as super skinny as the others. Um, everybody's got a little bit more, like, of a grounded teenager feeling. They're having sex. They're uh, smoking weed. Like, it's, it's a lot. <laughs> For something I watched with my daughter, I watched, like, nine seasons of this thing I with my gonna daughter. I was going to say, that really, when you... It was fine when you were watching it yourself when you brought your daughter into it. I was like, no, I watched I watched nine seasons the kids show with my daughter. Right, but you're the gritty reboot. Did you the gritty reboot? I did not watch with Ah, my daughter. I just watched that on my own because I don't know why I watched it. It was late at night and I was working on another project and I just had it on in the background and and then I was doing laundry and I had it on the background. Very good for that. 
Anyway, I'm going way too outside here. I want to get to the content of this episode, which has quite an entertaining conceit. Um, our favorite detective, whose name I've forgotten, but we can call him the chief. Um, the chief is sort of like thrown into uh, this strange fantasy world in which Maniwa, the other d- detective, is kind of feeding into the story and the fantasy of our suspect in the, in the Little Slugger incidents. The Little Slugger incidents kid turns out to be like, kind of like this crazy person who loves, uh, this, who, who thinks he's in a video game and he's battling this great evil force called Goma that's inhabiting people. And that's why he was hitting them with baseball bats. So uh, the conceit that I really enjoyed and I thought was very entertaining was that the chief is, like, trying to get to the bottom of this case through, like, facts and, like, yelling. And he's just trying to, like, he's he's just trying to make the kid come to reality. But Maniwa is feeding into that sort of, like, fantasy in order to try to lure him, lure the suspect into sort of confessing his crimes without actually understanding what he's confessing so they can at least get the, the like timeline and everything together but i thought it was funny because it, it really like it it looks and is presented like he's actually in a fantasy realm even though we're mostly seeing some kind of psychological game play out in in their minds like it's more like a visual representation of the like mind <laughs> of the of the things they're working through mentally absolutely so First of all, I believe you're referring to Ikari. Um, Ikari, yeah, that's right. That's same our as, chief. Same name as uh, Shinji and Gendo. That's how I should remember it. He, so he, yeah, he, the episode begins with him sort of browbeating the suspect who conveniently... Browbeating's a good word, yeah. Uh, Makoto Kazuka. Um, and, you know, we have all the ingredients. We've got the bat, we've got the golden shoes or the golden roller skates we've got what appears to be a confession and then um uh makoto just or i guess i should call him um kazuka just starts sort of babbling about stuff that sounds like it's out of a video game and maniwa like you're absolutely right he goes along with him he pretends to be the scribe for um, the great deeds that Kozuka is performing. and Master Maniston was his name. <laughs> yeah. And so then... And it comes, from, it comes from this book called The Holy Night, um, which is sort of like a, a guidebook to the game. So, yeah. And I, I wonder, I mean, it's sort of funny. It's like... I was thinking of some of the manuals that went with, like, Ultima 5, for example, which had a nice oh, actual... Yeah. I, I Honestly, I think about that game every now and again. It was just the best game because it was, like, where I cut my teeth on adventure games. And there was all sorts of, you know, video game tropes. Something shows up, of course you're going to use it in the next act or something. And there were things about that. I, I just never experienced that before until I played that game. And so it's absolutely etched in my mind. But I remember it came with, like, a coin and this intricate guidebook with its own language and things and so i keep thinking of things like that you know what game is this from it seemed like sort of like it was it was a pokemon style game at one point and 
Um, oh, the, the game in the show. The game in the show. Yeah, that we're watching. Yeah, it had um, it had aspects of sort of Zelda, I would say. Yeah. Okay, that's uh, a better. Dragon Quest, maybe, or Final Fantasy, um, but definitely there's like a, in the guidebook, you know, you're going through a, I don't know what to call it, a monsterology, uh, like a, a an index of monsters, and each victim of the of the little slugger has sort of like a monster associated with them. There's a lot of weirdness though because the way in which. Um uh the way in which Maniwa sort of leads him through the stories we actually go backwards in terms of our victims while the story is going forwards that but, is interesting yes like he he vanquishes um uh the policeman whose name I'm forgetting off the top of my head first in the story that he's telling and then goes back and he's fighting with um uh the 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 woman with two identities um so sorry oh chono harumi chono that's right chono. so first first it's hirakawa um that well no i take that back it was the first thing was um the first ushiyama. one is the boy right the ushiyama. ushiyama yeah so it's ushiyama first then chono so i guess that does go in order um, but then yeah. he's going uh, after. Well, he takes out he takes out Ichi after Ushiyama, even though. Well, he takes out Ichi afterward, right? Because Ichi turns into the ice fish sky ice, and that's how he gets the star ruby. So it goes Movto or Mofto, then sky ice, and then I don't remember what the the fairy was called. But. Um, also, Kawazu is there. Kawazu as the frog. And he just appears as a frog, yeah, which I that, thought was hilarious. Yeah, that made no sense to me, and I was very confused. Um, well, it's all interspersed with them, like, um, doing a line... Not a lineup, but they're they're trying to confirm with yeah, the Yeah, is this the guy? That, it's, yeah, it's, you're right. It's not a lineup. It's a, a viewing. If you... Yeah. It seems, like, not great for justice. Like... <laughs> I don't, yeah, is this I don't the know guy? what the situation Here's is. Here's the guy. Is this the guy? There's, you have only one option. Is it him? Yeah, it's either like, him or it's not him. And, you know, I think there are reasons they don't do it that way. Right. But you might have prejudice that you just, like, instantly sort of, like... That, that, I think that's why they don't do it in the real world, is because you might have prejudices that say, like, you are victimized and you're looking for someone to blame. So if you only have one person to point a finger at, you're going to point it. Like, if you have a lineup you have to actually remember some details and have had an impression of the person who attacked you. Like, and therefore you would point to one over the other four. Like, that makes sense to me. Well, the the problem, there was a number of... So we're, we're talking about this episode, and I have to say, there wasn't mm. a lot of there there in this episode. It was there interesting was, what, to what watch. What do you mean by that? <laughs> I mean that... It didn't seem in much furtherance of the plot. Um, I mean, it's a it's a big important character because. Uh, well, you think you've got little slugger, and in, we now in, know we do that in he, fact he did he did he did commit these crimes that we are aware of, right? Yes. 
He, well, he committed some of them, at least. We know for certain he committed some of them. Or at least he, he says he did. In this episode, we know that, right? Yes. Um, but you're right in that... I mean, there's not a lot that happens, but it's highly entertaining. My favorite scene is probably the one where the chief is running up the, like... The ladder. Video game or, stairs. Yeah, sorry. It's not... It wasn't a ladder. It was... Is this in the, um... The, in the, the tower? In the tower. Yes. Yeah. And he's, like, running up the stairs, and he's, like... He's, he, he's like, going, like, full steam ahead, and, like, you see out the window that Meniston and... Uh, that Maniwa and the boy are riding, like, in a balloon elevator... <laughs> So, like, that's what I mean by, like, it's a mental representation of, like, how he's approaching it. Like, he's he's just going through all this effort to, like, like as you said, to browbeat his way through to a confession. And here the other guy is just sort of, like, going with it and just luring the confession out of this kid. But there's moments where it seems like the that they now understand that... Um, that Maniwa himself also understands that uh, that what he's doing uh, needs to stop at some point, and they need to connect it to the actual crimes. It's just the chief chief Ikari's like technique is so bad. I mean, it, it's comically bad. It's he's not <laughs> paying much attention at all to what he's trying to do. It, he says this whole thing is giving me an ulcer. And, like, I don't see why he has to approach it that way. Like, I get that it's, like, police work, but clearly, like, clearly the kid has some problems. And to break through to that, you're going to have to play along a little bit, well, right? It's, and it's not just, I feel like he's he's totally overwhelmed. He's burnt out by his job, it seems. Because, yeah, there's no subtlety. There's no There's no real handling of this person at all. It's like he just wants to reach out and shake him into confession which is not a yeah. great way of going about this you also you also talked about the language of sort of these games and one other aspect that we see that in is like there's a victory sound when uh, the holy warrior slays his his monster it's almost like the like final fantasy like or the what's the zelda one I that wasn't it, but I don't recall it. They they build in a lot of that really fun uh, iconic imagery and audio into the storyline, which I thought was great. Um, but there was not a whole lot more in this episode. I mean, it was very straightforward. Um, the the fairy doesn't really give you any more insight into Harumi herself. I don't think. Not at all. I feel like I don't. Did they talk about bringing her in? Or did they bring her in at the end of this episode? I, I'm having trouble remembering. They bring her... She, she is brought in and she does see it. And he kind of... He kind of, like, insinuates that she was doing something. I think what he's trying to do is insinuate that she must have been provocative in some way to get him to hit her with the bat. Because he's like, did you were you a butterfly? And then he did this thing with his hands where he puts his hands out like they're wings and he starts flapping. 
and you're like it, you can see that the the chief is now mixed up in this world and he can't like quite separate it from his interrogation process anymore yes absolutely <laughs> which i thought was great um but then we actually see um the, the boy makoto he talks to maniwa about this like seer and he's played by the seer that we've seen in several of these scenes before the old and man. that's sort of that's sort of the clue that tips off maniwa to figure out like hey he's correlating all of these fantasy monsters to these victims but also it's kind of a weird coincidence right absolutely and when the boy confesses about the old woman and uh his his uh his dialogue leads maniwa to go back to their first incident there's a moment where the 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 script is like wait you you don't believe any of this right he's like no 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 i thought of this while i was talking to the boy that we should go and see that first old woman to find out what she saw yeah but i thought that 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 shows that you know this was all police work that we were watching yes i mean i think that that theme is it's present enough that i was not confused that maniwa knew what he was doing but i also you know if you have if you're accepting that this is a series of quests it's a non sequitur to go back to the old woman in a lot of ways right Um, what did you think about the fact that he says that he saw red light or in the japanese i believe he says aura coming from these um these victims before he hit them with the bat and we watched them go through these personal struggles and sort of reach this crisis point um where they were sort of asking for salvation of some kind or release from their responsibility or whatever it is um he claims to have seen it and i i can't just dismiss that with a hand wave Oh, I it's was going to. the most to. interesting aspect of the, of the story, no? Like, he couldn't have picked these people at random. Well, he could have. But How? we know that they're not totally random. We know that they're not totally random. So, if he picked them at random, doesn't that, doesn't that allude to some, like, darker force at play? I feel like you're, you're trying to foreshadow, but I think the show is subtle enough I'm to... I'm actually not. Well, the show is subtle enough to not get us there in the sense that... No, it's not. You're lying. No, but in this episode in particular, you can view him just as sort of an insane kid. It's unfortunate, but he's not not all there. So Um, you're saying that it's coincidence that he happened to hit the people who were especially... um, reaching out to shonen bat in those moments uh that were mentally at a point of desperation he's riding around i guess he's riding around at night (laughs) but in the case of harumi and apparently she had clown makeup on, so that does make it kind of obvious that she. I was gonna say I, might not be what you she may appears. have picked the wrong example here. Maybe the two, but you know, if and you then think the about, boy had the tree. Right, the so boy I had don't the know, trees. Maybe. Yeah, and then um, let's see, Kawa. Um, wow, 
So what about Kawazu? Kawazu was harassing that girl. Like, if yeah. you were to look at him from another perspective, it looked like he was harassing an innocent girl. It, it didn't, you didn't woman. need to have much of a change in perspective to come to that conclusion. No, that's true. Well, I'm glad I talked this through with myself. <laughs> so, they're going back to visit the old lady from the first incident. And that seems to have been one thing that they really wanted to do from the beginning. Because they went to her hut, as we know. Or her hovel. I don't know what to call it. Tent. Uh. And they... They examined it, and she wasn't there, and she'd been missing for a while. So they're going to go back, I think, at some point. And that's where we leave off. Dawn, uh, is there anything else you want to say about this episode? I, I, I felt I was... I, I wanted more. I wanted more connections. I felt like this... This didn't help me... Under, like, it, it added maybe this level of malevolence to the whole thing. Um, yeah. Because, honestly, it was more interesting wondering about Shonen Bat when Shonen Bat did not exist. But now we here we have a, a very live um, manifestation of Shonen Bat. And so I'm just kind of... I, disappointed isn't the right word, but it, it takes some of the mystery out. Um, there's still a lot of mysteries, though, which we need to uncover. Well, in that way, it kind of keeps you guessing. And we're going to get into that more with the next episode. But um, as I told someone on our Discord who thought that I might be like leading the audience in one direction or another, like, is he real? Is he not real? Is he some kind of shared delusion between them? Or does he exist as a physical entity? I think by this episode, you're starting to say, well, if he's real, then that's something totally different, too. Uh, maybe... Goma is real and Goma is possessing these people or possessing this person and will move into a different body if this person is compromised. I suppose, like who knows, but, but what who would, knows where this is going? But we've been in those people's heads and we, we didn't see a malevolent heads. spirit. We saw, I mean, certainly there's, they're plagued by things, but it isn't always... Um, oh no, the malevolent spirit isn't necessarily it's not shonen bat itself right it would be whatever shonen bats attacking if that is something that's real but i don't know maybe it's not that's all i can do all i can do is be vague and cute fair enough go watch fate the wink saga <laughs> yeah well i what i really want to do is i i want like, there's a lot of mystery here, and I, I'm somewhat frustrated by the fact that I'm only watching <laughs> only watching two episodes a week. What did you think of the monster designs? Um, I, I made a reference earlier. Pedestrian. Yeah, I made a reference earlier to Pokemon, and I think that was where it came from. Like, when he's fighting the giant fish, I'm like, oh, it's Magikarp. Oh my god, Magikarp is my favorite. He just flops around. Yeah, it's, you're right. But... Then if you beat him up, he, he eventually turns into Gyarados. <laughs> Who is apparently some sort of badass fish. Yeah, he's a sea serpent. I, I was unaware. You have enlightened me. I'm not a... Well, I actually didn't play Pokemon until my daughter got um, Let's Go Pikachu, I think it's called. And uh, that was like a retelling of the first Pokemon game. 
so I got to experience all the Generation 1 guys for the first time. And uh, she had, like, the little ball controller that you have to, like, toss at the screen. Well, fake toss, not actually toss. I don't know if I'd play this game, honestly. <laughs> uh, it, it did it's not, pretty cliche. Well, you also have to be insane, so that's probably a strike against it. Yeah, well, I never talked about the fact that after he throws the ruby at the sapphire to break the, to break the spell uh, and uh, free the fairy from the hold of the wicked Goma, he gets stomped on by the police officer with a giant dragon foot, basically. And it's game over for him. And that's how we sort of got to the point where uh, the fantasy ends and Maniwa starts putting together the clue that he needs to go and see this first victim again. Yeah. And that's where we're going to leave off for now, and we're going to pick it up next week. Um, thank you all for listening. Uh I was recently on a podcast called Active Quest. You can find it on uh, Spotify or podcasts uh, on Apple. I was talking about the new Resident Evil Village demo, the tall eight-foot vampire lady that everyone is so thirsty for for some reason, wants to be killed by. Uh, I also talked about Hitman 3, which is deliriously fun. I've been playing it in PSVR, and I gave my... uh, unvarnished opinions there um yeah it was a good time those 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 people are a fun group uh and you can hear my episode over there so go check it out i'm also going to be on a charity podcast or a charity stream i'm sorry for jump force uh each of us are choosing a team of three jump um characters from you know shonen jump and uh, they're going to be pitted against each other. And uh, I don't know who my three are yet, but I guarantee we're going to stomp the competition so, for a charity to pe- to benefit Rain. How? Who is going to be the judge of how these... Um... I believe they got the game Jump Force, and they're going to do, like, computer battles uh, with us, like, fake coaching the characters in between rounds. Yeah, I'm stuff. curious as to how that's so. going to work. I don't know either, but I'm I'm eager to sort of get into it and find out. It should be fun. Uh, I'm also on another podcast, but it's not coming out until March, so I'll talk about it a little bit later. But uh, thank you all for listening again. And if you want to reach out to us, tell us uh, what you think of this show, how you adore Paranoia Agent, or talk about any of the shows we've covered, you can catch us on Twitter at... Okashina Podcast. That's O K A S H I N A Podcast, and uh, we can give you a link there to all of our um, Patreon stuff and all that, so you can help support the show. Anyway, Don, thanks for joining us. Drog, I mean. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, y- well, it's my pleasure to be Drog. Could you, in character, say our catchphrase to end us? What I'm, I'm trying to understand. Okay. No, that's awful. Both of those are awful. <laughs> Both of those hurt my heart. There it is. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs>